This is Psalms to God, Season 2, Episode 21, Councils and Creeds. You can find the show notes for this episode at www.psalmstogod.com. Pure and undefiled religion before God the Father is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress, and to keep oneself unstained from the world. James chapter 1, verse 27, CSB. Psalms to God podcast. If I were to ask you to define Christianity, how would you define it? What do Christians believe? What is Christian behavior? Um, how do how should Christians deal with particular aspects of life? If we were to go out and ask a hundred people, you would probably get one hundred different answers, and we see this play out every day. You have you know, extreme differences of opinion. You have people on both sides of the political spectrum. You have Christians who endorse things that are not biblical, but then you have, um, and you have Christians who are closer to like the Pharisees um, than they are to Christ. And you just have all of these different interpretations of what the text says. And this is also reflected in the number of denominations. I think I read somewhere that there's somewhere around like 40,000 denominations. I mean, of course, sometimes I think in this count you get like sub-denominations. For instance, within the Baptist church, you have, you know, the general Baptist title, but then you have Southern Baptists and Missionary Baptists and Free Will Baptists and all of this other stuff. And so when they counted, I think they counted all of those separately. I don't think there's 40,000 like major you know denominations or whatever but regardless there's a lot of different denominations because people don't agree on what it means to be a christian even the disciples were confused they were walking with christ and they still got in confusion and we saw the past couple of episodes we've been going through the book of acts they had disagreements they couldn't figure things out um all the time they had to meet and come to consensuses and that did not stop with the apostles. In fact, it got worse um, because as I mentioned while we were going through the book of Acts, the major factor in the early church was that the Holy Spirit was leading. So yes, you know, brother so-and-so may have had this idea or that idea that was incorrect, but because they were following the Holy Spirit and because they were allowing the Holy Spirit to speak through whomever, um, needed it to be spoken then they would come to the right consensus or they would they would finish matters and they would meet and they would come to a consensus in today's society it doesn't really work like that but they did continue to have these councils and i want to briefly touch on this period this transitional period between 
the first century church and this kind of ecumenical movement that happened afterwards and the resulting church that we know of as the Catholic church, which birthed the Protestant church. And it's very important in prophecy. It's very important in understanding how we got from point A to point B. It's very important in understanding what you see in the church that you go to or that you're a member of, regardless of what that denomination is. It's just very important to understand the history. So coming out of the era of the apostles, you had a newish church that was illegal, essentially. Okay, it was the Jews didn't like them, the Romans didn't like them, they were a minority amongst minorities. Now, Christianity wasn't really a new religion in the sense that, you know, they just came up with brand new ideas and, and went running with it it wasn't like they left their original faith and converted and went to a new faith christianity was simply the fulfillment of promises in the old testament or what we call judaism today the god that they were worshiping was the same god or is the same god from judaism the principles the ideas it was the same thing there wasn't like, oh, we're abandoning this and going to this new thing. A lot of people view it that way today because that's how it's treated today. But that's not what was happening as we come out of the first century. The reason that you know view came about is because of what happened during this transitional phase. So you start getting these churches around the way, right? If you if you keep reading through the New Testament, particularly if you get into um, Revelation, where you have the seven churches of Asia Minor, you become acutely aware that there were these different churches in the region. So you had the church at Corinth, you had the church at Ephesus, um, or Ephesus, I'm not really sure, I think Ephesus, that sounds right. Um, you had the church in Antioch, you had the church in Alexandria, and of course you had people who were based in Jerusalem, which is why they met in Jerusalem for the council that we talked about last week. So all of these different groups were kind of independently running. Like they functioned together. They had a loose association with each other. We see as Paul and some of the other apostles, you know, travel and talk to these people. But they were kind of self-sufficient. Um, and so the ideas that started popping up in some of these churches did not necessarily match what Christ had taught. They didn't necessarily go along with the Gospels. And of course, like with anything, when you go and convert people, um, you bring parts of their culture in with them. So as I said, Christianity was not supposed to be a brand new religion. It was simply a continuation of Judaism. And so for the early church, when the majority of the apostles and the leaders were Jewish, you could still see that. But as the responsibilities and the leadership is moving into the Gentiles who the Jews have converted, you start to have a very different understanding or a very different culture that's being brought into the church because the Gentiles are actually converting to a whole new religion. 
the Gentiles were worshiping pagan gods. They were worshiping Zeus or, you know, Athena or Artemis or some random Greek or Roman, you know, god or goddess. They were converting their entire mindset, their entire um, worldview when they joined the church. And the same thing in places like Alexandria, you had um, Egyptian gods and goddesses that they would have been familiar with that they're, you know, leaving behind in a sense. Um, but parts of that culture are coming with them. And so as they start to take over, you start to see kind of um, different philosophies pop up. You start seeing things like Gnosticism and um, Arianism. And I'll put a little bit more about those specific ideas or links where you can read about those specific ideas in the show notes. I don't really want to go too far off topic and start talking about them. But basically, they were just different ways of interpreting the word. And this started to cause like friction, right? So in this time, you also start with the Catholic Church rising. Now, guys, when you when you start thinking about the fact that the major entity that comes up out of Christianity, the movement that really pushes Christianity around the world is the Roman Catholic Church. It should send up flares and red flags galore because the Romans hated the Christians. Christianity was illegal in Rome for almost 300 years um, before, you know, after it, it came into existence. And so you have to wonder why the Church of God, we all know God's holy city was Jerusalem. Every other time, God was putting his name on his nation. So for instance, when he created the nation of Israel, Israel means wrestles with God. The word El in Hebrew is God, pluralized as Elohim, um, which is often the word that we're reading when we see the word God. That's what's there in Hebrew. And so this part of his name is literally in the name of the nation. When you think about the word Christian, it means follower of Christ, and you're still directing it back to, you know, God. But starting with the Catholic Church, well, not really starting with them, because you did have, again, like the Gnostics and the Arians and people like that, the Nicolaitans, which are mentioned in the Bible, where they started taking the names of whomever they were following. following. Um, but this whole concept of, of the Roman Catholic Church, which means the Roman Universal Church, it makes it sound like Rome founded this church. And Rome did find the church, that church. Um, you'll see that as we keep going through the history. There is a major difference between what the Roman Catholic Church teaches and what's in the Bible and what the first century church started and looked like. And a lot of the misteachings that the Roman Catholic Church implemented or integrated into this concept of Christianity continued into the um, Protestant churches even after the Reformation and is still present today. And that's another reason why it's important for you to know your history and know what is biblical and what is not. So as people are moving forward and as these things are happening, this major, major change happens in the fabric, um, or I should say in the tapestry of the Roman culture. Constantine announces that he's a Christian. 
Um, I wasn't really sure how to say that because I, I don't particularly believe that he truly converted to Christianity. Um, it's debated, and I guess ultimately it's not for me to say whether he did or did not, but I do feel strongly that even if he did convert to Christianity genuinely, I don't think he fully understood what Christianity was. So, you know, the, the legend has it that he saw this vision and um, in the vision he was told to conquer in the name of the cross or by that sign, um, which seems a little fishy because we're not supposed to have idols and symbols. The cross, like, yeah, people use it as a sign or a reminder, but it has, the cross itself is just, it's just a symbol. The power is in your faith in God. The power is in God. Um, and so like this idea, it, I mean, it goes back to all these movies where people hold up a cross and, you know, the cross burns a person or, you know, bewitches demons. It's not a talisman. That, all of that kind of concept is pagan. So, you know, right off the bat, it sounds a little strange um, about this vision. But regardless, he has this vision and he's told to, you know, to conquer in the name of that, of the cross. And um, he marches his army through a river and claims that they've been baptized. Which, again, like I said, shows a lack of understanding of Christianity because you have to actually believe to genuinely be baptized. You can't be forcefully baptized. Um, I assumably you would have had some sort of um, person who is already a believer that would do the baptizing. Like just the whole thing is is um, slightly off, to to put it mildly. And so when this happened, this was a major thing because. Constantine was the first emperor to embrace Christianity. He's the one who made it legal in Rome. And that established it as, quote unquote, legitimate in the world. And this is a big deal. Um, if you follow celebrities or uh, musicians, um, if you've ever been into like the indie scene, then you'll, you know that there are a lot of people that when they cross over from being like an independent artist or an indie artist into like a pop star, that they lose a lot of their original fans. Um, and people will people start saying like, oh, they sold their soul, they changed, blah, blah, blah. There's a lot that has to be done to fit into the world, to be acceptable to the world. You can't do things that you've always done. You have to um, make yourself um, platable to the, the audience that you have. And so, um, you know, a lot of changes started right then and there um, with Constantine elevating it to a world audience, per se. Another consequence of elevating it to this level is that it became a competition with what was already the major religion in Rome. And the major religion in Rome at the time was that of, I think it's called Mithras's Mithrium? I can't, I cannot pronounce this, but they worshiped, um, it was basically a sun worship religion. I'll write the actual name of it in the show notes. I'm really bad at pronunciation. Um, but it basically, that is who held most of the power. And if you study a lot of the wars that have happened, uh, particularly in recent years, 
you'll see that like when you start imbalancing power structures, um, this is when things get really rocky, right? You start overthrowing people, people start getting a little out of hand. And so the people who worshiped Mithras and the sun god and, and all of these things, you know, they're starting to get antsy because now the emperor is no longer with them. It's, they're no longer on their side. Um, imagine it kind of the same way people started reacting when um, people started accusing uh, Obama of being Muslim. Like, in general, it shouldn't matter, um, particularly in a country like America where there's supposed to be a separation of church and state. But people became extremely uncomfortable because they want to see the person in power having the same beliefs as them. And so when Constantine converted to Christianity, you know, the, these other people, they're like, wait, wait, so are you not loyal to us? Like, should we remove you? And you have to remember that because Christianity has been illegal all this time, there are more of them than there are of the Christians. Of course, that doesn't stay that way for long, but to some extent, Constantine has to appease these people. And this is when you start to see him do things like declare Sunday as the official day of rest and the official day of worship. Um, and he has a hand in a lot of church matters because being the emperor, he gains significant influence in the church. And so he starts um, kind of finagling this, this notion and we start seeing things from the sun worship creep into Christianity. And it's basically his politician way of making everybody happy, right? Because we want to make this look good to the people who do sun worship. Look, you can still have fun. You can still you can still have these pagan holidays like Christmas and Easter um, and uh, the sun worship on Sunday, and you can still do all of these things, and you can still claim to be you know a Christian, and we can all be happy. And this is basically kind of the root of where this idea of ecumenism came from of just being universal, right? This same word that appears in the Catholic Church, Catholic meaning universal. Um, and it was basically a blending of ideas. And there are a lot of things that showed up in this time period. The halos, sun worship, the uh, steeple, the paintings, period, especially the paintings of white people, these random white people that were not the actual disciples, they were not, you know, um, any of the people in the Bible. And then the, the statues, basically they start renaming pagan statues into, you know, Christians and you start having people worshiping the dead. And all of these things came out of paganism into the church. People started converting to Christianity at rapid movements or at rapid pace because Constantine is in power. We see this today. A lot of people just want to be in. They want to be in the in crowd. They want to be in the know. They want to be popular. They want to be cool. Um, I just, I actually, I know I'm late, but I just watched the whole documentary on the, the fire festival um, that, that was supposed to happen in 2017 and didn't. And the whole thing, it was like people didn't want to miss out. They wanted to be in the, the know. They wanted to be the cool people. They wanted to be with the celebrities um, and be able to tell the story. And that's the same way people were in Rome. They wanted to be in with 
you know, Constantine, anybody who's anybody, the aristocracy, they're all converting to Christianity, so we will too. But it didn't have anything to do with faith. It didn't have anything to do with actually believing in God or believing in the word or understanding the foundation. It had to do with fitting in to the world. And so suddenly Christianity started to be of the world instead of of the word. And that was a major problem. So we start to see um, these different churches coming together to have councils to talk about what is believed. And in these councils, some of those decisions are made. So for instance, in the Council of Nicaea, which was the first council, um, it was in 325 AD. In this council came the decision of um, ignoring the date calculation for Passover. So these Gentiles got together and they decided that they didn't like the way the um, Jews calculated Passover, so they're going to use their own date. And the date that they use or the way they calculate the date is exactly the same way that they calculate the date for Easter. Easter is not the Passover. Easter is not about the resurrection. They were already celebrating Easter by the time that they made this decision. It's just that they were separating themselves from the Jews because they were Roman and they didn't actually understand the, uh, the significance of the Passover with um, the resurrection of Christ because, yeah. And so things like that start popping up. I mean, that wasn't the main reason for the Nicene um, Council, but that's one of the things that came out of it. And then later they have the Council of Laodicea and this is after... This is around the time, I think, that Constantine is declaring Sunday to be um, the day of rest. And this is where the Catholic Church decides that Sunday is going to be the new Sabbath. It's not biblical. God didn't transfer it. There was nothing godly about it. They just decided to do it. And even if you read the text um, and you see how they wrote it, it was about separating themselves from the Jews. And so... um, you know, again, it's this idea the Romans already thought they were better than the Jews anyway. So, you know, they use the fact that, you know, all the, the Jews are the ones who killed Jesus to try to convince Christians that they should also separate themselves from the Jews. And of course, these new people, by this time, it's so far removed that most of these people are Gentile. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we don't need to associate with the Jews. And of course, that again, like I said, bringing your own culture into um, the church. And this is just a ramification of what happens. So you have these councils, and then from these councils, you get these creeds. There are um, two major creeds. There's, I found a third one online, but I've actually never heard of it. Um, but most people will be familiar with the Nicene Creed, which came out of that Council of Nicaea that I talked about. And then there's the Apostles' Creed, And many churches, both the Catholic and Protestant churches, affirm these creeds. They came together and came up with some decisions. Some of those decisions are perfectly good and logical decisions. Some of them are not. (laughs) Um, We will go a little deeper into some of the decisions that were made at these councils, some of the things that changed and came about during that period, um, because I just, I really want to talk about how we got from point A to point B, but I wanted to intro it so you kind of got a feel for where we were going and kind of saw some of the backstory and the history of how the church kind of 
splintered and and fell away from its core meaning its core value basically it got usurped by a bigger thing um somebody else with more power more visibility a bigger voice they came and took this basically like a grassroots movement and then they're the ones who spread it their idea of it but that's not real christianity a lot of it's not biblical and so i'm trying to help us get back to what's biblical so that is all i have for today's episode don't forget to like and subscribe. The show notes are on the podcast, on the podcast. The show notes of the podcast are on the website as usual, www.psalmstogod.com. You can also follow me on social media, particularly Instagram, um, psalms underscore to God. I will see you guys next week. Bye.